I'm from that dirt, 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 dirt. I'm all about that dirt, 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 dirt. I'm throwing dirt, 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 dirt. I miss that dirt, 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 dirt. Gotta get back to I'm a dirt trackaholic. Call it what you call it. Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that dirt, 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 dirt. I miss that dirt. And welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast. And uh, joined tonight with uh, some guests in studio. Was supposed to have one call in, but... Um, He's chicken. Uh, yeah, I think the intimidation factor <laughs> just just ate him up. Uh, you know, I, I'm i highly disappointed. Yeah. He's going to be here in two weeks, so I, I don't know that we'll even let him sit at the table. No, we'll put him Might at the kitty table. The yeah, we'll sit him over there in the kitty table so he... <laughs> until he can grow up a little bit oh boy um boy boy's right yeah absolutely <laughs> so this means i'm gonna get to tell all the stories i want about him he can't defend himself he can't defend no. himself and, yeah. and he can't complain there because we gave him the opportunity that's right i mean i invited him specifically we, yeah. we, we did too and then he said i can't make it because of work can i call in we're like we'll, we'll let you do that yeah i've made and, every every concession i could for this guy to be able to come on here and talk garbage and he backed right out so so hopefully uh, he says that he's going to uh, maybe be able to call in. So we'll see. We'll see. So, uh, but before we get started here with our guests, let's uh, let's thank some of our sponsors here. Miller's Termite and Pest Control is the only place you need to look for pest control. Don't get roped into contracts or high prices with the big companies. Reach out to someone who cares about you. They can handle any problem from termites, bed bugs, ants, spiders, etc. They also do lawn care. Where else can you keep the bugs out of your house and your yard looking sharp? Reach out to them today on Facebook at Miller's Termite and Pest Control. Email at pest underscore in underscore peace at yahoo.com or by phone at 812-767-5657. Hey, Matt, what would you say is one of your most prized possessions? Oh, it has to be my racing t-shirts. And you've got an impressive collection. But I heard about a new place. P3RacingShirts.com is the one and only place offering genuine custom racing shirts with no minimum quantities. Their shirts are printed in full color using the latest technology and direct-to-garment printing. They have custom designs for several different car types and specialize in our favorite, dirt track racing. That has to be great for the local driver. You don't have to buy all those up front. Absolutely, and they don't have to hold all that inventory at home. What did you say that was again? P3RacingShirts.com. Let's check them out. Gilpin Electric and Generator Services is a customer-first company that takes care of all your electric and generator needs. They're your go-to dealer, installer, and generator service company. Don't be stuck without power during severe weather this year. Contact Gilpin Electric and Generator Services on Facebook or call them at 812-953-1261. I do want to uh, give an announcement here before we get into the show tonight. Uh, in two weeks, um, big shout out to Skyler Lewis. He messaged me last night and said, hey, if I put together a group of guys, can we come on? And uh, and he went out and did that. So in two weeks, we'll have Skyler Lewis, Britton Gotze, Zach Burton, and Tyler Collins on uh, here on live in studio. And I don't know if you've seen, have you seen the name for the show? I believe Britain came up with it. It's three buff guys and Tyler. Oh yeah, <laughs> but but now you know Zach 
Has he earned a microphone? Well, know? no. We'll set him over there in the corner, or yeah. I'll have him go play with my five-year-old. Yeah, but he, I'm afraid my five-year-old may be too tough on him. I don't know if he can handle him. <laughs> so, so yeah. So we're excited. So shout out to those guys and thanks. But we do have a guest in studio, so I'll turn it over to you to introduce Mr. Billy Badfast himself. Yeah, it is Billy Badfast, Derek Bottoms. Derek, thanks for coming up and uh, hanging out with us tonight. I'll let you introduce who you brought with him. We brought with you i can't uh, remember his name already so <laughs> this is uh jesse morris he's uh helped me off and on over the different years and uh he's come on this year and helped me a whole bunch awesome some all-nighters with us to help get the car together derek slide that mic a little bit closer to you all right there you go um yeah he said earlier that you turn the wheel and he turns the wrenches so that works for me <laughs> <laughs> well the thing we've learned with all drivers is who runs the the pressure washer because that's usually the worst part is <laughs> wash day yeah i am the wash team <laughs> we have jokes about that all the time i, I like say, how you said i am the wash team all parts of it all sunday long i, I text them and be like yeah look what the wash team's doing today <laughs> and then if anybody says anything i'm like yeah the wash team did all they could do you know they missed that one little thing it's here all day wash day is the loneliest day in the race shop ain't yes it? it is no doubt about it so derek first of all i want to say thank you a for coming up we've been wanting to have you on uh since the show started yes. because honestly you have been a guy that has been a supporter of us from the get-go listening commenting on the facebook live videos uh one of the coolest things and my son was just pumped i just took your t-shirt in to give to him but last year i walked up in your trailer just to say uh to see if you had t-shirts i was gonna buy one for my son then and as soon as i started talking you go i know who you are you're the guy from the podcast i listen to you in the shop every day and i, I thought wow that's a that's the first time that's happened to me so really cool to have you here man we appreciate your support and everything and so thanks for coming up cool thanks for having me on you Glad just got one here. of those personalities nobody can forget that's uh and a face for radio that's, that's why that's, I, amen. I, it, it was the voice you come up and i'm like I'm not, where i know this guy from he sounds so familiar and then it clicked it hit me i'm like oh yeah so let's get started with just you know i i, I looked at some of the questions that that some people have posted i'm gonna have to go back through them uh for one of them it is 806 p.m eastern standard time so i did want to get out the time because that was one of the questions that was asked but i do want to ask you this how did you get started in racing? Because there was a couple of people that asked that. Where where does this passion and love for racing come from? So for me, I think Dad started racing when I was about I was like I don't know six or seven years old, and uh, him and my uncle just built a street stock in the backyard, you know, literally by the tree or whatever, and started racing. Uh, there was some guys in the town there where we grew up. Uh, they were racing. Dad decided he wanted to start doing it, hmm. so he raced. Um, up till i was about 10 and i think right at the end before he quit um i didn't like to go anymore i just gotten bored with it because uh my dad is once he gets pointed a direction nothing else matters he's all go all oh, systems really? go doesn't matter what's going on doesn't matter what bills are due doesn't matter what you need to be doing we're going racing on friday and saturday oh wow and i hated going at the end i'd stay with people i didn't even like so i didn't have to go to the racetrack <laughs> and then the year after he quit, I was around 10 or so, 10 or 11. Um, year after he quit, you know, I started to grow up a little bit, started getting into cars and motors and kind of like that kind of stuff. And I wanted to go and uh, they'd bought a house and done some things and just couldn't couldn't afford it anymore. So um, I'd go with my grandpa some. Uh, we'd go to the track sometimes uh, on the weekends and stuff. And I think I was around 15 or 16 maybe. 
and my uncle had a like an old 1986 wolf chassis or something that was a, a go-kart it was in my grandparents basement <laughs> and so we drug this thing out and uh, we decided we were going to start go-kart racing I went to a place in Somerset, uh, Thunder something, I, I don't remember, it was on the right, heading into Somerset, uh, off like 27. And uh, we went down there, and we went like one weekend to scout and try to figure out what we needed to do and try to get it figured out. A lot of the guys Dad used to race with were there um, running go-karts. A lot of those guys were still around. They just switched down as running go-karts. And so uh, we bought some parts and uh, went back and worked on it and then brought it to the track. And I think the first night, my mom was – so I was old enough to run in the big class, like from uh, 15 or 16 just all the way up that was the open men's class well the first week we went this guy got turned on the front stretch and his wheel it, it knocked a tire off the wheel and the rim dug in the ground he cartwheeled down the front stretch and somebody else come through and hit him oh no it broke his collarbone and his arm and ribs and a leg and mom's like you're not racing this class and so um we come back the next week we had our parts and everything together and had a cart there and um and they're like, yeah, you need to run in the open men's class. And mom's like, no, you're not. You got to run with the kids. So they made me run with the little kids. <laughs> so I get out there, first night out on this cart. Talk about cherry picking. <laughs> well, I, as I thought, right? Well, I was, I was thinking that might be a good place to, to point Zach to in yeah, the future. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you say Somerset, Kentucky? <laughs> yeah. So we get out there. There's like six, eight carts, something like that. We're rolling around on a parade lap. And I got this cart on the floor, wide open, hard as it'll go, and the governor's kicking in on it. I can't keep up with them on a parade lap. <laughs> they haven't even started racing yet. And so they drop the green, and then I throw the chain off. And so they come out, they put the chain back on, and we get lined back up. I'm trying to chase them on the parade lap again. And we gas up, I throw the chain off. Dad's like, just bring it in here. It's, you're done. It ain't going to work. So he bought me a chain guard that weekend, and we put that on and come back the next weekend, and we just didn't have the equipment. That governor kept opening it up. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. So that ended my karting career. Right That's there. like when that you just it. go to the recreational go karts and you end up with the one dog, yeah. and you know right off it's over. It's bad. I, I do appreciate the story with your mom because I took my wife. My wife didn't grow up around the racetrack. I took her a couple years ago to the No Way Out, and I was like. I obviously I lean towards sprint cars and I here's the sprints and she's sitting next to me and she goes do you really would you really want one of our boy our boy to race and I said well yeah if he'd be interested I'd love to see him race I think it'd be a great thing for us to do she said what class and the sprints had just come out I said well if I had you know my dream he'd run a sprint car it, I didn't get that out any quicker and one started flipping down the back stretch and she looked at me and said this class and I thought yeah not this one one that looks like this one but not exactly <laughs> I'm like i'm dead in the water right now so, it's done right yeah there. there's there's no no luck for me with sprint cars so but so i um after the go-kart experience or whatever uh got into high school and had like uh just some goals for my life and kind of what i wanted to do um i picked a career out and a career path decided i wanted to go to college and um some of the things um that i had them in order of things i wanted to do and after college came accumulate toys and you know do some of that stuff once i started in my career so um i dad actually had the last race car that he ran i think they called them i don't know what they called them back then they were like a super stock today uh but he actually still had it it was in storage oh wow and it just been sitting in storage for years you know for ages 
And so uh, I worked with a guy, and he was in the cars. And I, I went to him, and I said, hey, uh, I'm going to start dirt track racing. And he's like, oh, that's cool. You know, that sounds really awesome. He said, let me know how that turns out. And I said, well, I don't think you understand. You're going to work on it. We're going to keep it at your house. And you're going to help me, like, build it and, like, put it all together. Because <laughs> I don't have any tools. you got to use your truck, pull it to the track. Because I don't have a truck. And he goes, oh, okay. Now I realize why he's the wash team. <laughs> I see where this started. So we went, uh, got Dad's old car out of storage, drug it to his house. We took the rear end out of it, cut the cage out of it. And we didn't have a clue. We didn't have any idea about building the car. Uh, you should buy your first one. People told us told us that but we were like no nah, we'll build it <laughs> so we literally took some uh, concrete blocks and some landscape timbers and i took the first car i got when i turned 16 it had been in, just sitting in the junkyard whatever happened to it blown motor whatever been sitting around for years we stripped it down all the way down to the bare frame set the frame on these landscape timbers <laughs> and started cutting holes in it and putting a cage in it and so we built this thing that's that was our first one it was pretty rough we had zero clue what we we're doing none I mean, he'd been around cars, but he never built anything. He's not a fabricator. I'm not. And so that was a that was the first car we built. Um, we finally there was like a that was a four year process too. By the way, like it was, <laughs> we were gonna have it ready that so season. He, gradu- he graduated high school before he got the race car done. <laughs> it took forever. We I finally, hope you put more than that that go kart motor in it by the time it was done. We did. We did that. Um, finally got it together like the end of the 2000 and. I want to say, what was it, 2004. Got it together at the end of the 2004 season, and we lived close to Bargetown. So um, went out the first night, and the car got hot. We didn't have enough holes cut in the front end of it. Oh, yeah. So I pulled it in. I saw the gauge come up. I had a new motor. I don't want to tear it up. So pull it in. And we got our holes cut. We come out the next week, and I got out there. I passed a couple really slow cars right from the beginning. I'm like, I got this. This is easy. <laughs> it was nothing. And so I'm going around. I'm making laps. I'm passing more cars. I'm like, this is no big deal. I've got this figured out. You know, I'm, I'm going to win this. <laughs> I go in a corner, and I got loose, and the car started to spin, and this other car come through. And so when it spun, I thought I was like, trying to turn into it and couldn't catch it and what i thought in my head happened is i turned back the other way and i was just going to make it spin faster and then just try to take back off <laughs> well what happened was i never moved my hands at all <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> the car spins around and i actually had turned it to catch it the car spins all the way around and i'm down at the bottom of the track and it's pointing down the straightaway and i'm like this worked and so i stomped the gas and it went straight to the wall <laughs> And the guy that come around getting past me, and I hit him and knocked him into the wall, knocked the front end off of my car, <laughs> and totaled his. Absolutely totaled it. Welcome to racing. Yeah, that was that was my second night out. Knocked the front end off. I'm gonna be honest. The most impressive part of your racing story is that you're still doing it. <laughs> Go karting didn't go well. No, I mean, it did not start well. Is, I, I was most impressed he had goals in high school. I didn't even have one of those. I was in my twenties. <laughs> yeah, I still want to be a Powerball winner when I grow up. <laughs> yeah, that was me too. Yeah. Well, whatever tomorrow brings, that's that's my goal. <laughs> So then where'd we go from there? Because obviously we've improved. I mean, we have yeah. definitely improved. I got a little better. Um, so from there, I think we put it back together no heck i think it was we were off for a little while um another four years <laughs> it wasn't quite four years this time i think we may have come back 
maybe in the middle of 2005 or something like that we finally got got it fixed and put it back together we're only running like eight or nine races the next year and i got a little better finished like fifth in the points down there something like that um and then the guy that helped me that you know convinced i was going to build a car and do all this (laughs) stuff for me he's like man i I love racing and i love doing all this he's like but i got stuff that i want to do and i got my own goals and he's like so um you know you're gonna have to find somewhere to take this thing <laughs> and somewhere to do something with it and i was just kind of devastated that was he just dashed my whole dreams because I, I still didn't have a truck i still don't have any tools and i didn't i mean i could change oil in a car i could change a tire but i didn't know how to work on anything i didn't know any of that stuff and so uh he ended up literally i think it was i believe it was broken at the time and he run a chain through the roof and picked it up with a backhoe and stuck it on the trailer out back. Like, he didn't even tell me he'd done any of this. And just left it sitting out there. Didn't cover it up, just set it out there. And so I go back. Like, I try to give him a couple months to cool off and kind of come to his senses. And they're like, we need to be racing. And I went back up there and the car's sitting out back and it's all broke. And there it's set. And he's like, yeah, I got other stuff I want to do. And so that was like the end of that. So I was out for about five years because... I was renting a place, didn't have a garage, didn't have a truck, no nothing, and uh, <clears throat> found somewhere to just keep it in storage. Uh, worked on it a little bit here and there, and then like it was five years, I was out. Um, I met my uh, soon-to-be wife, and we were like looking at houses, and I was looking for a garage because I needed some place to race out of. And I found the place that I'm in now, and it had this nice garage hot tub and a pool and i'm like there's a house too (laughs) but all the necessities were cleared first (laughs) i'm like this this is us here and so bought the house and as soon as we as soon as we moved in i'm like she was already she's ready to go racing oh really that's good oh yeah she was all about when i met her i had already quit or been on hiatus or whatever and i was still going and running the record at bargetown so she'd go with me some she's like oh it's awesome let's go racing y'all like all this stuff and so we move in the house and she's like let's let's go race and we start working on a car i'm like um if you got anything you want to do to the house bro do that first and uh and <laughs> you, she's like yeah. this guy really did have a plan and yes, goals. He, I'm, I'm so impressed <laughs> I am man too i'm a project manager i mean, <laughs> my day I mean that, that explains it all right there <laughs> i have never i didn't look at we still don't have trim upstairs but we've got an entire studio downstairs <laughs> So I told her, I'm like, priorities, man, priorities. Absolutely. (laughs) Let's get this house together, do whatever you want to do, and then then we'll start on the race and stuff. Um, I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan, and uh, uh, we were following some of that at the time, and uh, we ended up, uh, we were planning, you know, be married and and go through and get all that stuff done, and, um, you know, we were already older, and our parents aren't going to pay for all that stuff anymore, so it was up to us to do it. Right. And so I'm like, well, we're going to have to you know save and and pay for that and we were like say we were already working on some of our debt and some of the dave ramsey things and uh so we got married we paid cash for everything we did all that saved up car just sat out there collecting dust in the garage over in the corner and uh uh, we got back the day we got back from our honeymoon uh the church where we were going uh had a dave ramsey class and it started that night like the whole 13 week class so we went to that we got all dave ramsey fired up i'm like we're gonna get all all our debt paid off then we're gonna go racing the next year like in february we got everything paid off it's like okay race starts in two weeks go we hadn't bought anything we hadn't touched it (laughs) in years and now we're going racing so we got it back together and went to bargetown and raced down there till uh till they closed and um 
then when they closed, we moved over to Junction City and made that our new new home track and uh, run Superstock there for, I don't know, three or four years, whatever it was. Like we won the points championship in 2013, I believe. And uh, finally, uh, I was trying to figure out what we were going to do moving up in different classes and stuff and uh, found a crate late model that was race ready and ready to go and bought it. One of the guys that was helping me at the time, um, he uh, he drove it for me some, so he had some late model experience. Oh, really? So it was a good opportunity to um, for him to drive and then for him to teach me. <laughs> he was actually uh, he was diagnosed with cancer uh, that I guess it was that year. Oh wow, wow! And that one of his goals was to get back in a car again. And the guy used to race for that gotten out of it, so it was kind of a win win for everybody. Gave him an opportunity to get back in the car could help me it's easy oh, yeah. to sit back and say well you need to do this and you do that like, get out there and show me dude yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah absolutely so, <clears throat> but yeah well, that's that's pretty much it i mean that's what a, i'll be honest that's one of the best racing stories we've had on the podcast that's what i was getting ready to say usually when we say tell us your background we hear our oh, dad raced so i race and let's move on you know that, that was entertaining man that was that was awesome <laughs> yeah man we were throwing chains off go-karts and, and oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and using the same chain no not the same chain to pick up the car and put it on the trailer <laughs> it's a different chain no it was uh it, do, do you and that guy speak i mean are, yeah are you i didn't know if that was like ended badly or no I, my joke was always you know kirk bur- broke up with me oh yeah it's always my joke <laughs> we were, it was every night you know we were building that thing it was oh, always out imagine. there oh yeah um but yeah we still speak we're still buddies that's good yeah, yeah. we still talk he comes to races occasionally, every now and again. I know a lot of people that racing has, you know, broke buddies up, you know. It's uh, so. So now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to this because I, I know that you've been running it for a while, and I heard that we said that there was uh, somebody kind of copycatting you the other day. But <laughs> where did the the Cars-themed raps come from? Where where's that come from? Because like I said, you, you just brought me some T-shirts tonight. My, my five-year-old in there is so pumped because – um it, ever since you i've been friends with you on facebook i remember last year you drove the car to church one day and my son thought that was the coolest picture ever and he said he said do you think any any police officer saw him driving that fast getting it to church <laughs> daddy why can't we have a race car to take to church that's right <laughs> well talk to your mom we we get one so but so where did that come from it's like i said for him that's like that's like dream come true seeing that this uh we're gonna throw it back to when my dad raced again and I, like I say, I was a kid. I was, you know, six, seven, eight years old or whatever when he was racing and, and I was going to the track. I didn't know these guys. You know, I knew his buddies and, and I knew my dad. I wanted my dad to win. There was this guy called Mike Duvall. He Flintstone had the Flintstone flyer. flyer. Yes, sir. And he had Fred Flintstone on the side of that car. And I wanted Mike Duvall to win. I didn't know who Mike Duvall was. I had no clue who this guy was. But just because of that, I identified with him. And I wanted to see him win. I'd yep. root for him. I was, you know, I was a big fan. And so when we first started racing, I remembered that as a kid. And I'm like, how do I, how can I replicate that? How, how do I do that? And I was thinking SpongeBob to begin with. <laughs> and I'd had a, like a red and silver car, I think was the very first one we built. Um, never really got the SpongeBob thing together. Never got it off the ground much. And then cars came out and it clicked. I'm like, that's it. That's, that's going to be my, my theme that's what i need to do that's awesome and it, it's the same thing and it's funny how you, love it. how you say that because when i was a kid dusty chapman was sponsored by coyote clutches and he always had wiley coyote next to that coyote clutches and 
I would watch for that car just because Wally Coyote was on was on that quarter panel. So yep. it, you know, when you're a kid, that is, that is the stuff you look for. Yeah, I've had guys that I race with uh, come up, you know, mad at me. They're like, "My grandson's here tonight, and he's rooting for you <laughs> instead <Absolutely>. of me." Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And this year, obviously, kind of took it a different direction with the cars theme and. And I gotta give a shout out. His P three did your did yes. your rap, correct? Yeah, yes. So I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, uh, Eric Bryan, and those guys at P three because it looks sharp, man. Your yeah, cars always look sharp, but this one beautiful. The Jackson yeah. Storm theme is is really sweet. Thanks. Uh, we bought a, a new to us car this year. Uh, it's an older uh, Masters built, and the guy had put a brand new black body on it, new nose, elephant ears, everything, brand new, and. I mean, I've got a break, and we could make another body, but everything's on it brand new. So yeah, and Jesse, I'll give him some props here. Um, the white car that and see, my whole identity I changed right. <laughs> so I was I was Lightning McQueen to begin mm-hmm. with, and then when I bought this crate car, it was the same situation. It was white, and so I was like, well, how are we gonna do this? We gonna wrap the whole thing? How am I gonna make it Lightning McQueen? And I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do spend all that money to change it over and jesse's like make it look like your dad's last car i'm like that's it so my mom's favorite color is purple and so dad had a white and purple car the one that we literally drug out from underneath the post office and made into my first race car that's what it was it was white and purple and so we lettered it and did all the same theme just like that and so that's pretty cool yeah it, it was cool and so then with the black car now is same situation it's like you know take all that off and then what are you going to do with it i mean I, it, you can't sell it i mean what yeah. are you going to do let's just run it so i'm like all right what am i going to do and so i had eric work me up a black lightning mcqueen and like i think there's a spider-man or something yeah. themed lightning mm-hmm. mcqueen somewhere it just i didn't like it it just didn't look right um and so then i got to looking around i'm like let's let's do the jackson storm thing and i sent that to eric and he said, he didn't tell me this till after he was done with the car, but uh, he said when I first sent those pictures to him, he was like, what in the world? You know, <laughs> what the heck is he doing? You know, what's he thinking? And he said, but once I put it all together, he said it looks really, really good. He, he liked it. Well, I got to say, he did comment here and said you should have went with SpongeBob. That had been a cool rap. So. <laughs> <laughs> he just trying to drum up business, I think. Yeah, he's already telling you to change next year. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's going to do. <laughs> but no. Bikini bottoms would look good across the front of the car there. <laughs> 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 no, and I'm, and I'm teasing Eric, man. Eric is... Uh, Eric's an ultra talented guy, man, and they that thing does look sharp oh, yeah. as all get out. And and I think it's cool just the fact you you had been Lightning McQueen for so long, and that car just looks so totally different, but staying in that same theme. Oh yeah, um, it's pretty special. Well, and like the first night we went and practiced at Richmond, of course it's a black late model, and unless you saw us over there and saw my truck and trailer, you wouldn't know it was me. You wouldn't have any, and they nobody had any clue. Like, who's that in that black car? That was me. That's my car. <laughs> Were you there? <laughs> yeah, I was there. We didn't have it wrapped. You know, it was another just black. So yeah, you lose you lose your identity. And even mm-hmm. when after I, that first year, I came up here and we're racing with uh, the Indiana Late Model Series in the white car. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody that finally got to know me knew me from the white graver. Well, then when I came back the next year in the JMR and we did the whole Lightning McQueen yeah. theme, everybody's like, who's that? And so, <laughs> you know, they don't know who I was again. And so now I've changed it again. Continually changing the identity. 
So I'm going to ask you this too, because we, we have been teasing a little bit about obviously uh, Zach and, and I want to ask you, because we've talked a lot on the show about how racing is a family and the friendships and those you did race with the ILMS series at Brownstown for a while. Who are some of those drivers that you just love to have the opportunity to run with? I mean, and don't worry, you don't have to say Zach, because we know that's not one. <laughs> you know, some of those guys, and you guys have talked about it every week on this show when you start talking about coming up here to Brownstown, and it's the track's so different. And I mean, I, I think I may have seen a glimmer of progress in figuring out what I need to do at the very end of last year. But I think I only ran the Fun Fest, and that was it. So I couldn't really prove if I'd figured it out or not. The track is so such a challenge. And those top five cars, any of those five cars can win on any given night. And then um, the next the next five to seven in line, they're waiting right there to break into that top five. Mm-hmm. I mean, the competition up here is ridiculous. When I run down at Junction, you know, everybody's like, oh, someone says here tonight. I'm like, come to freaking Indiana. <laughs> come up there and run and see what you got competition-wise. You know, and then talk to me. But, um, you know, just running with – I told you I ran the uh, wrecker at, at Bargetown mm-hmm. there um, when I was growing up or whatever. Steve Barnett, you know, mm-hmm. would come oh, down yeah. there for the Dirt Track World Championship, and I was racing door-to-door with him at, at Bloomington when we run the mm-hmm. Indiana Elite Mall series, and I'm like, freaking Steve Barnett over here I'm racing with. You know, that's pretty cool. You know, that's pretty neat to be able to, you know, run with some of those guys. And then, I mean, Hudson, he absolutely kicked our brains in, mm-hmm. you know, every weekend yeah. that first year. It's like, gosh, that was right before he went on and was running the tour or whatever. And, you know, that was kind of cool. And I think that's one of the most impressive things about Hudson. And and I'll, I'll say it here because we've had lots of guys talk, talk about Huddy on here. He would be a guy that would be easy to dislike. As young as he was, as talented as he was, but the way he carried himself around you other drivers, everybody has so much respect for him. And they say, yeah, he totally kicked our rear ends, but oh, yeah. but it was so obvious how, how much talent he had and, and um, you know the way he carried himself was very respectful to other drivers. I think it's impressive. Because you want, it's, for as young as he is, too. You, you don't you know, find many guys yeah. that people have that respect for as young as he is. Yeah, he didn't have that. Uh, he didn't have a prima donna, you know, uh, air about him at all yeah. that I've seen. I yeah, I agree hundred percent. He's uh, still too. very down yeah. to earth and yeah. and and knows the level of guys that I think he ran with at, at Brownstown while he was was even kicking everybody's heads in, as you said. Well, I, I had a conversation with Justin Bowling a couple of weeks ago at the racetrack, and because uh, he was trying to convince Cody Mahoney to start racing crate late models, and, and Cody made the comment that he wanted a higher ranking of, of competition, you know, because he's used to run with the supers and, mm-hmm. and touring. Do you feel like when you race, you know, the, all the, the tougher competition, it makes you tougher because you just have to be, or, you know, they're just going to walk all over you. Yeah. I mean, it's the problem. My team has a lot of times is, uh, putting things in perspective. You can't just look at one particular aspect of the night or one particular aspect of the setup and say, well, that's what we got to do to be fast or, or whatever. There's there's a whole picture you got to look at. And um, the guy that helps me uh, the most, Gary, I was telling him uh, when we went down to Junction, you know, we, we come to Brownstown and, you know, I was trying to get everything figured out, running us all this competition. You know, if we got a top 10, we were happy. And, you know, it was just ecstatic. And then, you know, he'd be all down because it's like, you know, oh, we didn't, you know, we didn't run this. We didn't run that. I'm like, Gary, there's 35 cars here tonight. You know, it's yeah. a brand new track to us. You know, we, we don't have any laps around this place. Right. Um, 
And then the next year we go down to Junction, and I was like, you're going to have a good year this year. And he's like, wow. I'm like, we'll be all top tens. You know, there's not going to be 35 cars. Right. And this is our home track. You know, we're going to immediately just get better. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, we did. And it was right. I mean, uh, that was true. It was a true statement. But I think a lot of times, I don't know if anybody else has ever said this on here or not, some of the guys my dad used to race with that um, that raced a long time and that were really in the sport for a really long time and that he raced with a lot, uh, he told me years ago, he said, um, the way you do it, is you pick one track when you start and you run that track and that's your home track and you get your laps in and you get your seat time in and you get it figured out and you're going to progress and you're going to break in your top five and you're going to be top three and then you're going to start getting wins. And when you get to the point where you're kicking everybody's butt every week, then you're ready to move and go somewhere else and challenge yourself and get outside your comfort area and, and learn a different skill or learn a different style of driving or a different track or whatever. And that's when you start traveling around. And when you run, if you're going to be the best, you got to beat the best. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's with anything, anything competition-wise. Yep. You can – it's funny. There was a guy um, that most everybody loves to hate in the Superstock class that run around Junction. And uh, one year, the class just uh, – that Superstock class just took a nosedive. They just didn't hardly have any cars. And they would run like, I don't know, six, seven-car Concies and – They'd have four cylinders run with them because they didn't have enough four cylinders to race. Well, this dude was just kicking everybody's heads in because it wasn't in competition. You know, he's just, oh, he's king of the world. Well, we were traveling at that time, and I'd show up down there and hand him his butt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, bring him back to reality. Oh, yeah. You know, he was king of the world against four cylinders and a couple old women out there running. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the first night I beat him, I said, uh, the real competition showed up tonight. I think that's what I said. <laughs> well, and I think you just made a great point. We've talked about it on here before. I think sometimes young guys get that itch to to go out and test things so fast yeah. and go right. And I, I get it. You want to travel a little bit. You want to run different tracks. But Matt and I have had this conversation dominate your own track first yep. and really get the feel for somewhere because i think what some of these young guys miss the boat on they go and they travel and they struggle which a lot of guys are going to struggle when you go to a new track for the first mm -hmm. time figuring it out but they don't have that place to come back home and know they can run well at right you know anybody that goes and has two or three weeks that you struggle at a different place it's nice to come back to home and be able to say, all right, I know this. Yeah. I'm going to be able to run it. Well, I think going back to Hudson, you know, his first year in Lucas Oil there, he would get kind of down because he expected that instant success because mm -hmm. of how he ran. And, you know, that's when he, you know, he got an Isaac's car at Bloomington that one time and then, you know, back at it again at Brownstown. I think that was a way to build that confidence up. Like, okay, yeah. I, I, I am good. Now I can go back and, you know, refresh myself and go again. And it, I thought that was good for that. So. Hey, I'm going to take a break here real quick and get our next set of sponsors in, and then we'll come right back. We've all heard horror stories about insurance companies and insurance agents. Let me tell you about my family's agent, Tommy Taylor. Tommy is an agent at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance and is a multi-line agent that can keep all your insurance in one yeah. place. Yeah, Why is a dedicated agent so important? When you have the unexpected occur, you'd much rather know the person on the other end of the phone. Contact info for Tommy, 812-372-4483 at extension 2447, or look him up on Facebook at Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Don't be another horror story. Stop knocking on wood and relying on a 1-800 number. Trust Tommy Taylor today. 
P3 Graphics is one of Indiana's premier suppliers for motorsports wraps and apparel. P3 Graphics offers great pricing along with some of the best customer service in the industry. Give them a try on your next project and you won't be sorry. You can contact them via email, phone, or on Facebook on the P3 Graphics page. To find out more, go to www.p3graphix.com. Again, that's www.p3graphics.com. Hey, give Brad at Brad Orin Customs a call for bodies, interiors, fab work, setup, and consulting. With Brad Irwin Customs, you can stick them deeper. Call in today at 812-216-3900. All right, and we are back here with Billy Badfast himself, Derek Bottoms. And, uh, um, man, this one's been a fun one so far. Oh, tonight. it's been a blast, yeah. I'll be honest. I'm almost glad Zach couldn't call in. I think he'd have just made it. I didn't get a drug. A yeah, he would drug the show down. I wasn't sure what to expect there. I thought you might get a little bit, you know, out of him, but I wasn't real sure how that was going to be. It's obvious he's a keyboard warrior. I well, mean, yeah, ooh, he talks that? a talks a big game behind those those keys. Oh and, yeah, yeah. So I I just I don't know. We may have to find a replacement for next week. I don't know if we can or two weeks from now. I don't know if we can pull it off with him. So Derek might have to come back up to just replace him. I think I got softball games next Wednesday. <laughs> I understand that. I looked man. at that though. <laughs> just in case. You're always welcome, man. Anytime you think you can make it up. I appreciate that. All right, Derek. I'm gonna look up here. I we I know we had some questions oh, here. Oh Lord, here we go. I want to see what we got. Um, Open the worms. I can't believe my brother hasn't asked 15 questions yet. He's pretty quiet tonight. You looking on my post? Yeah, right now. Although my brother did think that the the, the street stocks used to be called road hogs. Was he right about that? At one no. point. Bombers, oh. Road hogs? We, when we were running uh, Bardstown, they called them um, sportsmen. Oh, is that what, that's they, what were? they were? And then uh, we went down to Junction, and then that's when they started with the um, – well, I guess they were, they were sportsmen down there too, I think. Mm-hmm. I do love this one uh, from Bubba Johnson. At what point did you realize that you're supposed to be a samurai and not a race car driver? <laughs> so, yeah, I'll throw him some of that out there. But uh, I, I do think this one is good. Um, you, Martin Stacy asks, what's your favorite memory from 191? Yeah, he did that specifically. <laughs> he already knew your memory, huh? Uh, yeah, uh, he, I don't know if he was there for all of them. So every driver has their Achilles heel of a racetrack, mm-hmm. right? Um, 191 is that Achilles heel for me. Uh, let's see. The first time I went down there, I think, um, I had my backup motor in and we put the wrong oil filter on. I had one sitting on the shelf and stuck it in there. I don't know if the bypass stuck. I don't know what happened. It pushed all the oil out past the filter in hot laps and locked the motor up. We drove three hours to lock the backup motor up and just sat there and watched the rest of the night. Was that? Yeah, it was that car. Yeah, it was that car. Yeah, you did take that photo. You do good with the photos, by the way. Thank you. Good job. <laughs> photo credit. Yeah. <laughs> and the next time we went, um, I changed the setup, listened to somebody else, and the car was so loose you couldn't drive it. So I come out of, uh, this was hot laps again, I come out of turn four, and it was pointed, you know, with the freaking scales. And so I'm like, I'm just going to cut it and just try to catch it. And so I drove down and they had a berm on the infield. Like, I don't know, it felt like a three foot berm. Well, I'm on the other, on the inside of this three foot berm. And I'm like, okay, turn one's down there. I'm just going to gas up, get in the corner, slide out and then go. Well, when I went, 
I missed the big white uke tire that was there. And I caught it about the middle of the driver's door. I thought I was going to miss it. I caught it about the middle of the driver's door. And it knocked the driver's door in about two feet. And so, and it continued down the back of the car, knocked the rear end out of the car. It pirouetted up in the air, almost turned over. The other guys that was out there with me, they were like, man, we, it's like a war zone. It was springs and shocks and brakes and it, dollar signs going everywhere. Oh, my Lord. It was terrible. The next time I go down there, uh, qualify awful. Uh, don't transfer out of the, out of the heat race. It was a big race. We'd, I'd actually help promote and put the race together. Uh, start the B main on outside the front row. You take off, and I'm like, I'm winning this B main because I was getting it figured out in the heat race. And the guy next to me had run like three races in his whole life. I'm like, I got this. This is good. Go in the first corner. He never lifts. Runs through the front end of the car. Oh my I get God. up on the guardrail and flip upside down and end up being stuck in the car upside down for about three minutes while I try to get the belts loose. They got hung. Oh, So that was fun. Oh, my. So yeah the my best memory of 191 is deciding never to go there on the races we missed <laughs> i gotta say any racing story that starts with in hot laps never ends well my, my brother just asked what his least favorite racetrack was i'm gonna say it's 191 yeah, so pretty much yeah. anytime somebody says well in hot laps never a good night there's never there's never man we were just great in hot laps there's never a story that comes from that randy from, smith says he blames the car for his driving ability that i do that's <laughs> that's who was wanting to call in I was like, he's a loose cannon we can't have him on the phone he, he's texting now I, he says all kinds of stuff i have to ask this too jacob alcorn asked if you had to would you ever cut the bun off or shave the mustache well he's posted that earlier i'm like if you have to you don't have a choice right yeah so i mean if he's saying which one would i choose i don't know i'm just trying the mustache thing right now i think i'm digging it so far yeah i'm going with it so i'm kind of good with the mustache um i trim the uh i trim the sean mcgee up or the top knot a little bit for basketball season because i have to um, you can't have a uh, long hair and be a referee so oh is that work. right huh yeah they don't like that i mean i'll be honest as as a guy that went bald at a young age man i just i'm jealous i mean that's a uh, that's all it is i was doing a uh tournament it was it like a christian league tournament or something in uh, lexington one time and uh, uh this i was going to concession stand or something and this guy come through and he's like man he was bald He's like, you got that show offy hair, don't you? Show off yeah. slick back and everything. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so I, I want right. to go ahead. Ryan Courtney says, ask him about the fight he had on the track. <laughs> I, I, I hear there was some biting going on, is what he says. All right, I'll tell this story. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, back we were talking about the super stock driver that everybody loves to hate it was this dude um let's see i'm trying to think of the time this was it was the second time we got together that's what we were talking about on the way up here <laughs> so this guy and i we we'd had run-ins and he's just it's the kind of guy that nothing's ever his fault they never do anything wrong and they just tear up jack well he had already um Oh, it was that year, year before. He'd already uh, just took me out absolutely on purpose. I mean, that's all you could say about it. There's just oh, no other excuse for it. We did get together or whatever. He thought that I had done it on purpose, and then he just absolutely took me out. So then fast forward to the next year, um, he tries to pull a half-ass slide job on me. 
doesn't clear me and we're coming up out of two at junction and uh he hadn't cleared me yet well, I'm, I'm going down the back stretch well, he, he comes on up come on up <laughs> and so i turned off the wall a little bit to keep from getting into the wall and he come across my nose and his front end got into the wall and i gassed up and so we went down the back stretch in a v and i drug his nose all the way down the back stretch <laughs> we get to the next corner and his tires got super hot lost all grip he spins out and then i hit him i had already messed the brakes up that night so i couldn't stop because the brakes were messed up let's see what else happened um i think the car died when i hit him and i broke uh the control uh broke some of the control arms and uh stuff in the front in the right front so i couldn't steer i couldn't gas up and i couldn't stop so i'm flying toward winter circle and the cameraman's down there like trying to figure out which way to go i think i'm gonna run through victory lane literally and this dude's like trying to figure out which way to go i finally jam it i was in high gear what do i do oh, i'll push the clutch in i didn't i couldn't figure out how to stop i didn't know what else to do so i yeah. just pushed the clutch in and it made a god-awful noise but it stopped it grinded to a halt well this dude's dad had been in the race and had already gotten was out in the infield tore up whatever so he thinks i've wrecked his son on purpose so here he comes over and i'm in the car buckled in he comes in and starts wearing my head out in the car i'm sitting there i'm like strapped in like what am i gonna do he grabs the front of my helmet and is punching through my helmet and i'm just sitting there taking it going what am i gonna do so i just start chewing on his fingers (laughs) just as hard as i can chew and <laughs> finally jesse, jesse gets over there and like pulls him off of me or whatever and the cops come out and all this craziness and uh anyway and then he tells the promoter he says look what he did to my fingers he said well you stuck him in his helmet <laughs> But I can understand where you're coming from because I don't know what I'd do in that situation. You can't get out. I mean, you, you you're buckled in, yeah. you're you're belted in, so and it hurt. It's hurt when he's hitting me. Well, I'm sure. Yeah. And I bet it hurt when you chewed his finger. I, I think next time he comes to Brownstown, I'm gonna call him Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> That's yeah. Oh, that is priceless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that dude weighed like 250. His <laughs> aluminum hood, and he walks across the hood. I mean, he was coming to help, but. <laughs> I was going to say, I learned a long time ago, I can't pull the Bo Duke move and slide over the hood of anything without it without a leaving a heck of a dent right in the middle. It's hard to do that when you're athletic built like we are. So that's. Uh... <laughs> well, getting up on the hood's pretty tough in most things. Uh, late models are low. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, that was I just, awesome. I, yeah, I didn't know where that story was going, but I didn't know it was going to end with you <laughs> chewing his fingers off. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. Al, Alan uh, Salisbury asks, uh, what do you think the future of the crate class is in Kentucky? That's that's something I didn't know if we were going to get to tonight or not. Uh, you know, Junction has the class, and nothing against Florence, but they always are just such outliers with their rule sets and all this crazy stuff they do and they pay like five hundred dollars to win i don't even count them as an option uh you know people are like what about florence i'm not going up there for five hundred dollars and having to buy all this stuff and i don't know it's probably a great track i'd probably love it but i'm just not going to do that 
So I don't even count them in the equation. Junction had the class. It was healthy. Um, I, the cars were there. We were getting good cars. Um, it's competitive. You had a couple guys that would come in there and just absolutely wear you out. They were on a whole another level from everybody else. But they've moved on, done some other things, so it opens the top up a little bit. Um, and, you know, then Junction closed. And uh, uh, Bill over at Richmond picked us up this year and and run us full time and and didn't he hadn't since he's had the track uh and i told him i'm like dude we're pulling 20 cars at that track before they stopped running the class right you know on a regular show and so i don't know he gives a shot and we're getting we're getting that you know we had 16 cars the first week and like i don't know 24 last time we raced or something like that uh the cars are there the tracks just got to support it and i think the tracks have an issue with a lot of times they're filling their super field that they don't have any car count for supers with With, great guys that are close um i don't mind a run with supers but you're not gonna win i mean it's not gonna happen closest it ever i mean well a crate did win up here for the Uh, fun fest fun fest yeah tyler Tyler neal won i think i was i might have been running fifth i was behind tyler collins yeah Um, well the track's got to be right it's got to be it's got to be slick as all and it was it was yeah. yeah, 20 races yeah. starting at noon. Sure. It'll be slick. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, down there on regular night, that's not going to happen. It's just not. Um, an average field of supers. And if, if you can't unload and win, then that's we're not going. Um, now, sometimes I come up here and run Mars races. I run a Mars race at Bloomington. And I did that one because I like the track. And I don't think crates were running there any other time last year. And then if I'm coming to Brownstown, if I've not been running good, and I just need laps. I'll come up here and run supers. You know, if there's a Mars show or whatever, it's four hundred bucks versus one hundred and seventy-five or right. twenty-five. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you? I mean, right. Silly not to. Just go out there and get you some track time in and work on something. But um, most of the time, I'm not going to run supers. And I mean, the class is there. The guys are there building cars. Um, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird thing because it's not it's not something it's not a class where you start. And people look at it like, oh, you can, you know, buy in cheap and start racing. It's not a class for beginners. It's just not. R- racing and cheap never go no. hand in hand. It's yeah. no. I mean, there's, I guess, varying degrees of it. Um, Richmond started that sport mod class. It seems to be kind of catching on a little bit. Um, I don't know if they've had a huge car camp. They're building it. And then Lake Cumberland did uh, kind of a grassroots or more of a pure stock style class. Um as a beginner class, maybe. I think four cylinders have gotten crazy. Uh, those guys are spending ridiculous money. Oh, yeah. And they're paying them a lot, so they're spending money to, to get it, you know. But, I mean, the crate class is there. You just got to have it. And Bill's done it this year. He's putting the money up. He's paying 1000 to win. And, Holy cow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's getting cars. I mean, we had the had the damn Yankees race, fast track race down yeah. there. We had 40 cars last year for that thing. Really? Yes. Ridiculous. What What's your opinion on the uh – the super late models the local guy not you know not the guys running the touring series but just your local saturday night guy do you, do you see that keep nose diving like it is or there's just so many other options now you know that guy's how's he gonna go and and pay his bills you know running for twelve hundred dollars fifteen hundred dollars with a fifty thousand dollar motor sitting in the car he can't right not with the fifty thousand yeah. dollar one yeah i mean uh what's a crate motor i mean what's an average crate motor run i mean brand new from gm they're like six grand so uh if you want to take them and have them gone through and blueprinted and all that's you know twenty five hundred three thousand 
additional to have that done. Wow. Um, so you're still looking at almost $10,000. If you want. If you, if you want to go that, yeah. that, that extreme with it. Yeah, if you want to. If you want to do all that. I want to give a shout-out here real quick to my, my buddy Kyle McIntosh. Uh, he gave me a shout-out on there. So, Kyle, the... Uh, Thanks for tuning in, brother. He's my tattoo artist, so I got to give him a shout-out. He takes good care of me. So, uh, But, <clears throat> Derek, I want to ask you this before we – I, I want to talk to you about Billy Badfast as well, but before I do that, did you just say, because most late model guys don't, that you enjoy racing at Bloomington? I actually do, yeah. And anywhere you go and you run good, you're going to like that. Place. Well, absolutely. So the first time I was ever there, I was there with the series. I don't, we had 20 plus cars and I finished eighth. Um, but that was, that was my best finish. I think that season. I think you Indian might be right. Miles. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, we really liked it. And the next time we come back, um, I think I blew a motor in hot laps. Hmm. It eat a valve. Most late model guys that that is, that's their Achilles heel. A lot of them will oh, say yeah. that Bloomington is their Achilles heel. And so when you said that, I like coming up to Bloomington drum with the Mars series. Yeah. I had to point it out because that is uh that was my home track going up, growing up where I went all the time. So, um, it's not usually known as a late model track, but there's some, they, there can be some good races there. So, yeah. and it, it probably could have got worse for me last year. Cause I did jump the berm down there between <laughs> three and four. I got in a little hot and didn't turn early enough and it bent the frame. It, it come up oh, man had it not bent i probably would have gone on over everybody thought oh, wow. i was going over and i didn't know it bent it obviously <laughs> i washed the car that week oops <laughs> to the to the wash team wash team showed up yeah <clears throat> so i'm gonna ask you this because let's transition a little bit because not only do you drive you you run um billy bad fast performance which is one of our sponsors and uh so shout out to you for doing that for us but also how did you get into it, and what, what can Billy Badfast Performance offer? That's just something that I've talked about for years. Um, you know, everybody talks about going broke racing, and the promoters say they don't make no money, and uh, drivers don't make any money. And so, but somebody is because you somebody go that, is you go that PRI show. Somebody oh, yes. is making money. Somebody's yeah. making the money somewhere. I can tell you this: it isn't podcasters. It's not the podcasters either. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> so it's got to be in parts. That's got to be where it's at. Oh, yeah. So That'd be the best guess. Yeah. So, anyway, it's just a little side gig. Um, I just kind of was actually was talking to a guy, um, Doug, out of uh, Tennessee, and he's got some bumpers and does some door bars and uh, rear bumpers and stuff, and he's got a little fab shop, and that's what he does. And he said, man, I need somebody in Kentucky. The guy I had doing it doesn't, doesn't sell them anymore. I'm like, I've been wanting to do this for a while. I'm like, I'll be your guy. So... Um, I got some bumpers from him, and that's kind of where it started um, with that. And I sold, called a few guys. Hey, you need some bumpers? I got. I'll get you whatever you need. Um, so, kind of started with that, and um, I just checking in. Like I've got, a, I'm a Velocita dealer now. Uh, so we got the custom suits. I got off the shelf suits. Got custom gloves. Um, I've got helmet bags. I got custom shoes. Oh wow! Um, and then uh, we're also a Zamp dealer. So any of the Zamp helmets or uh, the Zamp uh, head and neck restraints, any of that stuff, I can get any of that. Um, Schaefer's Oil Dealer as well. Um, keep some of that in stock. Keep some of that around. And, of course, the, the double-H fabrication uh, bumpers and door bars and that kind of thing. Uh, I go through some of them occasionally. It's <laughs> nice to have some sitting there. <laughs> and so that's just something that something that we do. And um, like I say, I've got, I've got a um, – 
velocity suit i got that last year i got the full custom suit and the whole lightning mcqueen deck out or whatever and so it's really nice those are super they're super nice suits that's awesome they're really cool compared to what i had before i just had an old stock off the shelf suit mm-hmm. they're really comfortable it's awesome so what made you come up with billy Badfast? i mean where'd you uh man i couldn't come up with a name i'm like i gotta have something derek's race parts how stupid does that sound i mean you gotta have something and uh i wanted it to be billy and badass finger, and, and right that's what i wanted it to be it used to be finger a place chewer in, didn't work i mean you just can't <laughs> <laughs> used to be a place in louisville i think it was like a sport bike or motorsport something and they were billy badass i'm like yeah that'd be awesome and i was like oh, i don't know how it'll be with you know advertising yeah, yeah. different things doesn't go well in the lightning mcqueen car yeah <laughs> yeah it's kind of <laughs> contradicting <laughs> and so then it, it just hit me one day i was trying to figure out how to how to change that and i was like oh billy badfast so it's close enough people will get it it'll be there but not there so I, I like it you know oh, i love it. it and so if if let's go ahead and let you get it out here if guys want to reach out to you for mm-hmm. a racing suit bumpers yeah. custom gloves how they get hold of you you can uh, go to our facebook page um billy badfast performance or you can reach out to me on uh, Facebook. I got our phone numbers and everything on there. Send us an email, uh, Derek at bottomsracing.com. We'll take care of that. There's plenty of ways to get in touch with me right there. Message, anything. Perfect. And before, go ahead. You got something? I was just going to say, I like Digit Nibbler better than Finger Biter. Digit Nibbler. I thought Bikini Bottoms was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asked about a World 100 story. Yeah, I did see yeah. that. Yeah, that, let's go back to that. <laughs> I hope. Do we need, does this need to be the after hours show? Yeah, no, yeah. we can keep PG. Somewhere, somewhere, see, see, we're talking about starting the throttled up after hours. I don't know if know. I told you or not. There was a guy in Tennessee, and they did a podcast, and he did one that was, you know, he had people in, he tried to be professional about it, talk to drivers, do all this different stuff. And then one night, they just went live afterwards, sitting around drinking beer and BSing. Mm hmm. Well, their viewership started blowing up. Sounds familiar. And they'd start, (laughs) they would start, they wouldn't like put their opinion out there, but whatever people would say, they would read. And so they'd kind of get some things started and anything, wasn't nothing out of bounds. It blew up. They quit doing the serious one because the after hours one went crazy. Sounds familiar, don't it? Yeah, we had one. We had one lost episode that if you happen to be tuned in that night you would have got entertained but it uh, got quickly taken down and and it's gone forever <laughs> i was i was gonna say cooler heads prevailed the next morning but i'm yeah. gonna say clearer heads clearer prevailed heads. The there next you go. morning. Um, this was late late after the daytona 500 this year that we uh, that was a long race a lot of cautions yeah. in that race we ended up right here and decided let's turn the microphones there on. There we go. Not the best idea you can ever have. <laughs> you should have saved it at least. So you I wish it again. I, I wish I would have. Now, you would not be- believe the people that have asked to hear because a buddy heard yeah. it and then they didn't get to. They've they've asked if they could hear it. So yeah, that's we this, have a we have a lost episode. This other thing blew up. Yeah, <laughs> it went the, crazy. It, it's controversy. The best part is my wife was sitting here and Matt's girlfriend was there when we did it. My wife teaches high school and. She went to class the next day, and she had several kids go, were you on Throttled Up last night? And she's like, no, no, wasn't me. Wasn't me. Don't that, know what you're talking about. That was way past your bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't you have been in bed? So, All right, so. Go ahead, World 100. I don't remember what year it was. Sometime in the early 2000s, somewhere around in there. I don't remember exactly. And we're there. We're having a good time. Um, Bud Light's flowing, maybe. And... I went down before, I guess it was before the feature, 
and you know the the space down between the stands and the track you can walk down there and i was trying to get people to start doing the wave around the track and so i'm running around and stuff you know people are yelling whatever and this guy said hey he goes there's a guy up there at the top of turn three and he's got a bra you ought to go get it and put it on and i thought that sounded like a grand idea <laughs> Because you know what, at Eldora, just about anything yeah, sounds yeah, like yeah. a grand And anything goes. <laughs> so I go to the top of turn three. He's wearing big bibbed overalls. Great big old country dude. And sure enough, he got a bra. And I asked if I could borrow it, and he said, sure. So I put the bra on, and I go back down there and start getting the wave going. I made $36 and four Bud Lights. <laughs> <laughs> that, that paid for one night of racing right there, man. It did. Yeah. On the way home, like you know, you stop and you're going getting gas and eating whatever on the way home, and you you see people with racing shirts on, oh yeah, and you talk to them whatever, like hey, you see that guy been running around the bra? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> that is priceless. So before we uh, before we go, I want to give you a chance. We let everybody you know shout out any of your sponsors, uh, the the guys that help you get to the track, you know, and how you. Uh, how you make it every week all right so we've already talked about billy bad fast performance uh talked about everything that we cover there with the velocity suits uh the zamp helmets neck restraints and the double h uh, fabrication bumpers and door bars and then of course schaefer's oil as well um i've got gray racing uh gary's been with me back since my bargetown days and the back of that trailer door doesn't drop without gary being there um he did miss some races last year being sick but other than that he's with me every week um, <clears throat> he helps me out a bunch. My dad, uh, Bottoms Transportation, he helps out uh, when I need it. I've got uh, Canton Racing Products, uh, Fast Shafts by Axle Exchange, Kirk's Restyling and Performance. That's the guy that put my car out back on the trailer with the oh. chain. At least he still sponsors you. Yeah, well, yeah, I kind of help him out. <laughs> he helps me out when I need it. If I, if I need some serious welding done or whatever, he can bring it over. Or if he needs I'll a chain it. to put a yeah, car on. Yeah. <laughs> Pick your late model up. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I've got tartar manure spreading. If you want it spread and want it stirred up, this is the man to reach right here. Really? Yes. Well, that's what absolutely. I'm talking about. And then uh, I've got a P3 Graphics. Uh, we talked a little bit about Eric. I'm going to give him a big shout out here. Um, Eric and Stephanie, they're fantastic. I mean, they're awesome. Any more businesses don't do customer service. They just don't. They're awful at it. These people, they get it. They understand. They take care of you. And, I mean, great work, great prices. I mean, Eric's awesome. He worked me in this year. He did like eight cars or nine cars that week. And I waited. It was my fault. And he's like, yeah, I'll try to work in or whatever. You know, I can't say enough about how awesome they are. No, and I want to I, I, I interject because they are a sponsor. And I know people sometimes think that if you sponsor us, we're just going to say great things. And But – Eric, at that same time, I asked for this banner that's behind me, and I just shot him. I said, dude, when you're done wrapping cars, put this thing together. Like, I am not worried about it. Like, in three days, he sent me this, and I sent him this rough sketch, and he sends me this proof, and he says, approve it, man. I'll print it, and I'll mail it to you. And, like, I didn't expect any of that. The dude is just unbelievable, loves the racing community. Yes. And and that's the best thing. Yes, he's a business owner. He's trying to make a living. Don't yep. get me wrong. But it's not about just making money. He's out to help racers and make them look good and, and do things the right way. So I, I can't agree more. Uh, one of the best guys I've met. I also ordered a bunch of shirts from him last year as well. Um, he helped me out with some of those. Um, he's got 
everybody talks about um you know not wanting to do screen print because of the, the high minimums and he does a direct print where you can get you want to order 10 shirts he'll yeah he'll do 10 yeah. and if you sell those 10 shirts and in three months you want 10 more he can print you 10 more it's real simple and easy screen printing doesn't work that way right no. you order hundreds when yes. you do that and then if in a month if you want more you get hundreds again and no to even 10. get the cost comparable it's crazy and yep. yeah and i'll be honest and, and we i don't even know that i've said this on the podcast but i will because eric we got we got some of your new shirts this year um and we both got one yes. uh justin bowling t-shirt and we tested it we did um yeah. matt and i both have worn justin's t-shirt just about any time i can and washed it repeatedly and both of us said beforehand we're like we're gonna try this new printer out that eric got and see how good it is and literally anytime yep. i can wear it i wear it and i wash it i wear it and i wash it it has held up i bet i, I bet i've washed it a hundred times probably by now oh I, I, mine mine also and yeah. it looks as good today as anything because sometimes those direct-to-garment printers aren't as quality his is top-notch man you can't tell the difference you know i have hundreds of race shirts and i have a few that were screen printed and about 10 times through the wash machine, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, they start falling, you know, you start losing the color in them or, you know, they start cracking and falling apart. And I, I got to give credit there too. Eric's shirts held up because we were curious, like, you know, how's this going to hold up over, you know, I, I'm in a race shirt every day, right. you know, in some aspect. And uh, I'm very impressed with his, his uh, machine there. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I want to thank my wife, Tracy, for putting up with uh, the whole racing thing. It's you know, we don't get to go here and don't get to go there and nights in the shop. And, oh, yeah, I'm going to miss that game. And you're yeah. going to take them to practice this night and <laughs> that kind of stuff. So I got to thank her. Uh, Gary, I talked about earlier uh, with Gray Racing. He helps me a whole lot and um, on the weekends and everything. My dad, David, Jesse, he's helped out a lot this year. Uh, Mike Tarter, our manure spreader. <laughs> He uh, shows up and spreads it and starts it a lot uh, whenever he's around. <laughs> and stirs it? <clears throat> yeah, he stirs it. He's definitely a stirrer. Um, Dustin and Dylan, two brothers, they come help me out. Uh, we pulled some all-nighters and, and worked some long uh, long hours this year getting this car together. And then uh, uh, Neil Ellis as well. So that, that rounds out everybody there. I do want to point out, though, that we didn't talk about wearing Isaac Rainey together tonight. We just... You know, and here I want to say something. He's not on here, but he, oh, he might be online watching, though. Um, I'd be wearing my Brit and Gotzi shirt if he hadn't sold it to somebody. Like, he kept selling my shirt to somebody. Man. And this, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wear my Isaac Rainey shirt. I'll tonight. be honest. Well, Brit and Gotzi's never offered me a shirt. so I was going to pay for it and everything. Well, I was, too. I mean, I always buy my shirts. But I'll be honest. A, in two weeks, we may have a little bit of fisticuffs if he gets out of this softball game. We got we got Zach Burton <laughs> that stood him up tonight. Brit and Gotzi's selling his race shirts. I just hope they wear gloves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In case you guys didn't pay attention. Wear gloves. <laughs> Or I'd gut punch him right off the bat. I wouldn't go for the face. He'd be losing digits. <laughs> ain't nobody want to run the zero car because you ain't got no digits left. <laughs> so, Derek, I'm gonna be honest, man. We're we're an hour and ten minutes in, and it feels like we're uh, we we started just ten minutes oh, yeah, ago because yeah. this has been a blast, and we knew it would be. We've wanted to have you on from the get go. And uh, I know you you got a busy life, got kids, and I, I know one night you told us you had like baseball, karate, basketball. It was like forty seven different yeah. things you fit in on a Wednesday night, and 
And I know this is a big commitment to come up and see us, but man, we appreciate it. And, and please come back when you can. Yes. Man. All right, sure. And yeah. we wish you the best of luck. And if uh, if we get a weekend off, we'll reach out to you and we'll head down your way and maybe cover you down there a little bit and yeah. work. have some fun. Yeah, I happened to look at my schedule and I'm like, oh, next Wednesday's open. And so I sent Matt the message <laughs> said, hey, put me in. He's like, you're on there. Yeah. And then what, yesterday, day before, my guy's calling, hey, I need you to do baseball Wednesday night. I can't do it. Wow. It, I've we, been on baseball diamond like for the last three weeks, every single night, seems like. Well, I almost missed tonight. <laughs> Dustin was going to have to uh, do the show by himself because I announced our high school's baseball and football games. Well, they scheduled a, a rained out game for tonight. Yep. So I told Dustin, I was like, so we prayed for rain all day and it got canceled and I got I, to come. So. I try, I kind of felt bad because I, I tried to help him. Our, our athletic director came in the office there and I'm the principal of the high school and he came in the, ath- in the office. He said, Roller, what do you think is going to happen tonight? So I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to start raining at 5 o'clock. By 6, it'll be lightning and storming. At 7, it'll be a washout. I said, I'd just call it right now. So Yeah, because I, like, I was excited for, for the show tonight. And I'll be honest, our athletic director is Joe Hartwell, Larry's son, okay. Marty O'Neill's team. And he kind of looked at me and gave me that look like, yeah, you got throttled up tonight. <laughs> like, just saying. Just being up front, man. I Whatever think we, works. We need to move on. So. I was out to high school when they rained it out tonight, and he goes, you got time for the podcast? I said, I absolutely got <laughs> yeah. time for the podcast. And Joe, I saw Joe was listening earlier. I don't know if he's still on, but uh, yeah, shout out to him. One more thing before we get off here, especially since he stood us up. I got to tell one story oh, on yeah. Burton, right? Oh, yeah. Go so, at him. I guess it was early last year, maybe in our first race of the year at Brownstown, and uh, I, I caught up to him there in the feature, and he was running kind of a medium high line or whatever, and laps are winding down. It's about done. And I finally got a good run on him coming to the checkered flag, and I passed him so bad I think I saw some of his rap peeling off <laughs> when I went by. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> he just said, "There goes Billy Badfast. Yep. <laughs> he gone." <laughs> uh, he had uh, every opportunity yeah. to be here yeah, and uh, defend, defend himself. We, we offered but, it. You know, so that's uh, well. Again, Derek, man, thank you. You be sure to. We'll let you call in when they're all on, and you can have at it if you want to, man. My games will be done. The park there in town doesn't have lights, so they're done at dark. So it just depends on when they decide to call it. So I can make some of it. Right. You Start let me eight, know. We'll, we'll give you. We'll we'll give you a chance to call in because. Uh, yeah, we got yeah. we got to talk to these guys. <laughs> now you may not be able to hear Zach because he's going to be in the in my son's room with the dunce hat on. Yeah, <laughs> so we're putting him in the corner. But now, nah, man, thanks again, and wish you the best of luck the rest of the year. And you know, you're you're like I said, you're always welcome here at at uh, Throttled Up. Well, thanks for having yeah, us. And, and I appreciate it. We'll probably holler at you and see if we can find a a night we can get down to Kentucky and watch you race down there to at your home track and just make it a road trip for for Throttled Up that night. There Absolutely. You go. Have you have you been to Junction? No. You've been to Junction about Richmond. Nope. You've been to either one of them. Yes, I've been to both of them. I both. actually went to Bardstown before it closed. So. Oh, did you? Yeah. So, so um, we'll make a trip. Yeah, Junction's been having uh, the last year. Uh, the same people are doing the track prep. I mean, it was slick and tractioned up. I mean, it was smooth and fast all night. This is ridiculous. Cool. So if the same people are doing it, which is, I think who's doing the uh, Lake Cumberland, it should be good shows. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, thanks, uh, thanks everybody for joining us. We had uh, thirty plus all night and forty plus uh, live viewers at some times tonight. So, shout out to everybody for watching us. We will be off next week, uh, the eighth, 
Um, but we will be back May 15th with uh, three buff guys and Tyler. We're going to be off next week, not because we want to be, because our real jobs yeah. are making us. Yeah, we would normally be back, but uh, I do have some responsibilities I have to take care of. So uh, we'll be off next week. And like I said, back May 15th with three buff guys and Tyler Collins. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody have a good night. <laughs>